Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's time for Batter Up, the definitive Atlanta Braves podcast with host Joe Patrick and Caleb Johnson giving you exclusive insight into our Braves from Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Here's Joe and Caleb. Welcome into Batter Up, coming to you a little bit different than we might normally on a Monday um, as uh, good old schedules have to align. And we now officially have a rain out um, as the Braves are scheduling to play a doubleheader on Wednesday with their regularly scheduled game on Tuesday. But as we kind of break all of this down before we get into all of that, Caleb Johnson here with my co-host Joe Patrick. Joe how are you? Caleb, it's batter up after dark where things it get is. Dan- oh. dangerous and very true. Sexy, but that's, I'm not. <laughs> I just realized I'm like way underdressed. It's like raining outside, so I've got a hoodie on and I just hope my bosses are not watching because I'll maybe get you, reprimanded for. I'm just dressing I guess like, like everybody dresses at a, at a radio station, right? I was about <laughs> to say, I, I guess I hadn't really paid attention to how you dress the last few uh of these shows that we've done, but definitely just, yeah, just the, the station t-shirt actually. Oh, there you go. Repping, uh, repping the brand. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally forgot. But you know, I like to, like to do that. Like to, uh, <laughs> like to stay with a brand. Um, yeah. So it's kind of a, a weird time, I think for us to be coming together. The last time that we spoke, at least along these lines of the podcast was some really negative news in that Ronald Acuna being lost for the season and you know potentially into the first month or so into next season this time we're coming together good news of trades and yet we're still kind of back to same old same old when it comes to the product on the field where were you where would you like to start joe patrick i mean i think we need to start with talking about the trade to like bring jock peterson in i think that that's kind of the thing that can kind of be the platform for us to launch into kind of what's going on with this braves team right and on this show might be a little bit shorter because we only have really three games to talk about and not a whole lot has actually happened on the field since we last spoke but same um, old same old (laughs) i really yeah right exactly i think my overall i'll just give you kind of like my top line takeaway though from the weekend which is that you know and i Snicker said this, and um, I, I agree with him, even though I think it will make a lot of Braves fans roll their eyes, which is the fact that the Braves team played with the Rays, probably should have swept the, the Rays, you know? And I think that that shows that this team still has fight in them, and they're still capable of doing that kind of thing. But, um, you know, you say they're capable, and they didn't get it done because of the bullpen. So anyway, we'll go into all of that, but uh, I think we need to talk about Jock Peterson because... Um, We'll talk about, obviously, what he brings to the team as well, but I think the most interesting thing about this trade is, well, I guess first just the fact that it happened at all because um, I think that it signals some intent from the Braves that they want to make a push. You know, the trade deadline's a couple weeks away, but um, I I think that the trade signals that they see an opportunity there for them to try to make up some ground over these next couple weeks. Well, I was going to say, so defining the trade... We get Jock Peterson, an outfielder from the Chicago Cubs, giving up prospect Bryce Ball, a first baseman who was playing in Rome 
and we'll now get to, I guess, wait in line behind Anthony Rizzo uh, in Chicago. Yeah. Good luck with that. But that baseman, man, it's tough. Yeah, <laughs> wasn't going to get much better here in Atlanta, and I think that was actually one of the things that I uh, kind of, you know, tongue in cheek took away from this trade. Is I was like, oh, okay, getting rid of a potential replacement for Freddie Freeman must mean we're very comfortable with that position. Mm-hmm. No news yet, but bringing in Jock Peterson as an outfielder who I think when he came into the organization had was batting like 211, 212, and had like 11 home runs. So like nothing downright exciting. Uh, a lefty who hits really well against righties and often sits uh, against lefties won't do that for the Braves specifically. Um, but uh, a move much needed because Joe, as you can kind of talk about, like literally comes in and is immediately replacing Ronald Acuna Jr. Not only in right field, but at the top of the order, right. like, hitting leadoff. So it's like, oh, okay. Uh, you know, it's one of those. I'll I'll ask it this way: Did you see this as like some splashy sort of deal or filling a need? Um, definitely not like a splashy deal. I mean, I think it was it was definitely filling a need, right? Like you're now down. We were all the Braves were already down one massive piece in that outfield before the Ronald Acuna thing with everything that happened with Marcelo Zuna. And so obviously yeah. the Acuna thing that th- that threw you into a situation where I think we were, we covered this uh, <laughs> in the last show, uh, you know, your outfield rotation was some combination of like, you know, Orlando Arcia, Ender and Ciarte, Guillermo Heredia and Abraham Almonte, <laughs> none of which were yeah. kind of in the picture on opening day. So, you know, that, that speaks a lot, but uh, you know, I think this Jock Peterson thing is interesting because it signals that they still want to give themselves a chance at actually winning games. You know, like we've had a lot of talks, whether the Braves are going to be buyers, whether they're, or whether they're going to be sellers uh, at this trade deadline. And to me, like this is the kind of trade that signals that the Braves don't even know that yet, but they want to see if they, you know, they want to find out. And, you know, Jock Peterson in particular is a guy who will still have trade value. Obviously this has been talked about quite a bit, but you know, he, he will still have trade value in and of himself if the Braves do fall out of it, so they could just flip him back to somebody else and, and get some value essentially for Bryce Ball, what they gave up for Jock Peterson, and they'll be kind of no worse for wear. Um, but, you know, I do. I like what Jock has, has brought to this team so far, just enabled, just being able to watch him play a little bit and um, and hear what he's, you know, how he's been interacting with his teammates. He looks like he just fits in like a glove here. Um, and he has an extension. I do wonder if, you know, that could be something that the Braves are thinking about potentially. Um, maybe they won't flip them. Maybe they just keep them and they kind of agree like, Hey man, are you, you going to extend with us? You want to do this? Um, and just roll with him next year. Um, that, that's always a potential, but I like his profile too, as a left-handed hitter. I think the Braves should like load up on <laughs> lefties and try to utilize the, the dimensions of their ballpark and that short porch out there in right field. Um, so, you know, and a good start for him. So I think it was like overall on that front, it was a pretty positive, you know, opening weekend and and the Braves are getting getting a good deal so far for uh, for what they gave up. I think they're getting good returns. Yeah, so I think you came on a show that I was producing um where you mentioned the fact that um you were on with Thomas and you talked about the fact that they could flip Jock Peterson and I was very much on line with you until we actually got to see him with the team. <laughs> yeah. And then it was very much like I did not realize how well this was going to mesh like the, it was surprisingly 
It, right? It felt like it felt like stepbrothers. It really did. It felt like this has been a relationship all along. And also finding out, I thought it was very interesting in his and Jock Peterson's opening press conference with the media here in Atlanta, finding out Jock Peterson was almost an Atlanta Brave to start the season. Yeah. He had apparently been looking at houses in Northport, down where the Braves uh played, you know, spring training. And then was looking at houses here in Atlanta. And then apparently, for whatever reason, things just didn't work out. I'm assuming it's money. And, you know, paying Ozuna, bringing him back, most likely was enough that Liberty Media was like, okay, we're good. Mm-hmm. And that's yep. good enough. Yep. Uh, and so, you know, it just kind of gave me the thoughts of, like, what could have been. But then he plays in his first game, just had, like, a pinch hit, you know, not, nothing exciting. Comes, sits down, and um, our no, I think it was in his his actual his first start that he had um, that he hit a home run in. Mm-hmm. You know, very nice yep. to see. But he sits down and he says, "Oh, I see this. You know, I see our pitcher Max Fried. I hadn't paid attention to him much before joining the team. This guy can rake, and like, I better step my game up because <laughs> this guy. You know, I don't want this guy hitting better than me. And it was just like all of the compliments." The fact that uh, he even mentioned how excited he was and how much he was looking forward to getting a panda hug from Mm -hmm. Pablo Sandoval, like that was a big thing. And I was just like, okay, so this guy who I honestly, honest, you know, this is Braves fandom coming out of me too. Not a fan of Jock Peterson before he joined this team because (laughs) (laughs) he was a Dodger. He was a Dodger. He was a, yeah, exactly. Heel. He was a part of that Dodgers team that knocked the Braves out of, you know, making a World Series appearance. So I feel like he killed the Braves, too. He did. Yeah, he did. Uh, And so I think, like, honestly, any of those guys, I'm all kind of I'm just absolutely annoyed with them Uh, because (laughs) it's it's one of those like people have asked me about my my NBA finals, what I think about what's going on in the series. And with the Hawks having played the Bucks, I was like, "Ugh, no, I want them to lose, you know, but mm-hmm. so it's one of those like when your your team is affected by, you know, the other. So it's weird having Jock here, but uh, I, I immediately when he joined the team, it's kind of a thing that I do. Uh, I know a lot of others do like you go follow him on social media. Sure. Yep. And started following him on Twitter. He's not very active on there, very active on Instagram and all of the stuff that he was posting right after joining the team. Uh, was just like so complimentary of like he seems honestly excited to be an Atlanta Brave and like that's just cool you you know you just don't know that you're gonna find that with a midseason trade with with a guy who's not been having his best season with the Chicago Cubs and so it's you know it's just it's really interesting for that move to happen um, and him to kind of it seems like have an immediate impact. Yeah, and it it all seems so genuine too. I think that fans Very. see that, you know, like they they see how happy he seems to be here, um, well, and just you know exactly what you were talking about. He also is wearing number twenty two to honor Jason Hayward, who was his mm-hmm. teammate in Chicago. Which I was just like, okay, you really want to ingratiate yourself <laughs> with a franchise? Hit a home run on your you know on your first start. Also, hype up you know one of your starting pitchers. Give honor to a, an Atlanta, you know, legend that I would call him, even though he didn't stick around very long. But Jason Hayward, like I was like, okay, it's really doing all of the right things here. I I like it. 
He's gonna be like handing out free like food or drinks <laughs> or whatever at the yeah. you know just like like yeah just go full into it. No, but I mean like honestly, it's great to see because um you know with Ronald Acuna I always said that uh you know one of the things that fans loved about him aside from just the natural talent that he had was just the way that he played the game and it was kind of it reminded fans of themselves and the way that they would have played the game if they were a major leaguer you know and I I, I kind of feel similarly about Jock Peterson in this situation where it's like you just see how much he uh, is embracing this opportunity that, that he has with the Braves kind of like any of us who grew up as Braves fans you know would have like felt yeah. like we would have grabbed that opportunity if we ever had a chance to play at that level. So I think that like it, it really connects with you like on a human level honestly. So that's always fun to see and uh and again that's all on top of the fact that he's actually given you good production so far <laughs> through three games, really good production. So um you know, hope he can just continue and I think if he does it's going to put the Braves in a in a really good position obviously and it's kind of crazy that they ha- actually gained ground I think this weekend uh um with the Mets struggling against the Pirates. So, you know, what they did lose two out of the three, but it's not like it's not a total bummer, I guess, um, because you did get some some you, you got something out of it in terms of the standings and you got you, you saw some good things that I think give you some optimism uh, going forward here these next couple of weeks. OK, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Yeah, it's still third in the East um, at 45 and 47, but one of those, it, it's, I guess, not entirely doom and gloom. It is just losing another series when that's not something you can really afford to do if you're going to win this division. Although, you know, it's it's one of those, it's, it's a funny sort of thing. With the Mets, they're kind of falling apart right now with all of their injuries and you know, to to now have your ace DeGrom having, going, yeah, yeah, exactly having having elbow tightness. You know, mm-hmm. they start saying those sorts of words, and you're like, that does not sound good. Optimism I, for the Braves there, and I feel like this whole season we've kind of been waiting on the Mets to actually get healthy. You know, it's like, ah, uh, well, you know, we you can't really rely on the Mets are going to be this bad because they're just going they're going to get healthy. They're going to get healthy, but like. Are they? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> like, it seems like it's, I don't know. I don't know if they will, you know? So it's going to be, it, it's it's insane how this division is shaping up. Probably 
in a way that none of us could have ever expected. But yeah, you know, the Braves will take that. If you give give yourself a shot, um, you know, it's important for this team to 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 be making a playoff push. I think it's really important for, you know, the way that this organization is going in terms of just all the commerce that's associated uh with the team, you know, everything that's going on in the battery. It's really important to have fans that are, you know, still coming to the game, still invested in this team. And that's what was so devastating about this season, which is that you never could have expected the way it was going to go for the Braves with the injuries, uh, you thought you were going to be in a championship window where you were going to be drawing massive crowds every night, pretty much for a matter of years. And then this year just gets thrown into this just weird um, turmoil. So, you know, I, I hope that the Braves can obviously keep this up and, and it's really important for them, I think, to kind of keep that just that fan energy and that fan momentum um, as they progress this season. And in, in in a season that they very easily could have let get away from them, they have somehow been able to, to hang in there. I know it's not by necessarily by, you know, a matter of their own record or whatever, but Hey, they got the breaks and, and they're still in this thing. Yeah. So not the only the Jock Peterson trade wasn't the only trade that happened uh, this past week uh, or I guess over the weekend. The other deal was a trade for a catcher, which I got to be honest, I did not expect, especially a catcher who isn't great, but isn't terrible, just kind of middle of the road, a body to fill in as, I guess, sort of a, a backup catcher he's, he's role. A, a, like warm, a, a warm body. <laughs> yeah, but it, so it well, my whole thing was, uh, and I like I knew the Braves had had kind of dealt and brought Jonathan LaCroix to come up to kind of, you know, squeeze the, the, the rest of the, the toothpaste out <laughs> yeah. of LaCroix's career just to see if they could get anything out. Obviously did not like what they saw enough that it concerned them that they made a deal bringing in Stephen Vogt, um, who it's, it's funny, uh, not to, you know, it's one of those who very much, uh, very much a who name. Uh, <laughs> I, that's exactly what I, I was like. Okay, this, and I yeah. saw it the next morning when I woke up because they announced this thing at one a.m. Oh, I was very <laughs> much thankful. Well, once again, like the show I was producing on Saturday had gone to bed at a decent time so that I could be up and and to do that show the next day. And thankfully, as I'm like doing prep or whatever, um, I think I saw it was Andy Bunker. I think had retweeted that the Braves had made this trade. And somehow in my notifications over the night, like I just completely missed it. And so I was like, oh, okay, got to make sure, you know, we get this included. And was just also trying to process of another first baseman getting traded away for the Braves. Mm -hmm. Uh, I can't remember the name this time. Yeah, Um, I don't recall either. But it was low A, if I remember correctly, first baseman. Um, But you get Steven Vogt, who I'm trying to remember, who is he playing for this season? Ah, uh, this season I don't know. Cause that's the the funny thing is I know him as an Oakland athletic, but oh, he's with the Diamondbacks. Okay, yeah, D-backs. Okay. So yeah, so he came was over with the Giants the year before, I think. Yeah, is that right? Um, has just been so thirty six year old kind of guy. You know, it's one of those nothing really particularly special, but can definitely um come in and play as a backup catcher, which. Surprises, I guess the one way I'm surprised is that we kept hearing all of this. We're not far away from, um, you know, from, um, well, now my mind's blanking. From um, Travis Darno. From Travis Darno returning. Thank mm-hmm. you. And 
I guess this is another sign of the Braves showing they aren't throwing in the towel. They aren't giving up. Yeah. Um, they find it important enough that they're going to get a a backup catcher who they think can really provide some effort, uh, I should say. Um, but one that is not too expensive. It didn't cost them a whole lot. The thing that I know about Stephen Vogt, outside of being who, um, is I, I have a one distinct memory of Stephen, and I feel very, very bad about this. But I'm going to tell this story because, well, it's, it now fits because Stephen Vogt is an Atlanta Brave. So back when the Braves played at Turner Field that last 2016 season, um, tickets were very, very, very cheap. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, I'm sorry, just you can say what you want about the move to coming up to Cobb County, but tickets were insanely cheap. And I, as a college student who loved the Braves, who, you know, went to Georgia State, so campus was right there, really easy to get to, I was going to quite a few Braves games and it was super cheap for me to get like really good seats. And so I started to get to where I could strategically pick games where I could sit like right behind the, the away team dugout or close in that area where there was like a random Monday or Tuesday, one of those midweek games where the Oakland A's came into town and I had gotten some insanely cheap tickets to sit really close Got there early, was with a friend, and, um, you know, you see, like, a lot of the times, early before games, they will bring some players over, and the kids, and some adults, too, kind <laughs> of <laughs> pile, yeah, kind of pile up right by the, uh, right by the dugout, yeah. and players will come out and sign some autographs, that sort of thing. Well, in 2016, not much that, not that different than it is now, not exactly any big names, coming out for the Oakland A's. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's just, just wasn't. But there's always kids standing in that area. They don't care who you are. Right. They're, you're just a Major League Baseball player. Well, I remember that Steven came over and was signing some autographs, and my friend that I was with was like, hey, why don't you, um, why don't you go get, like, because I, I usually would bring a ball or something with me if I was going to sit that close, just depending on who came up close. Uh, he was like, why don't you go get, you know, that guy to go sign your ball? And I was literally like, I don't even know who that is. Um, I really don't want to. And then there was only a couple of people who had gone up in that area. And he was like, it's not even going to be that hard. Just go up there. Like, And it was funny because he was like, you never know. Um, <laughs> and so I go up and had a short conversation. But dude could not have been nicer. Hmm. Was just like, you know. Hey, how's it going? She tried to strike up a small conversation. I don't remember all the details of the conversation. I just remember leaving being like, what a nice guy. And like, I hope the best <laughs> for nice him. Fella. Yeah. Nice fella. And so like whenever you have those kind of inter interactions, especially uh, this happens a lot in media. Like if I ever interview a guy and he's really nice to me. Oh, you are like, I am cheering for you the rest yeah. of your career kind Big of thing. Fan. Yeah. yeah. And so I never really was like, woo, Steve, you know, kind of deal. But uh, he re he made an All Star game uh, a year or two ago. I can't yeah, remember exactly. Ago, I think yeah. Um, and so you know, it's one of those like, oh, nice, like good for him, having a good season. But specifically to that story, um, I had I saw a kid who came down 
and was trying to get an autograph and Steven happened to have already walked away and you know just kind of like the sadness <laughs> and I remember thinking I don't care about this guy's signature this ball. like so I remember giving it to the kid and so like not to like pat myself on the back or anything but like really just like that's important to to yeah. you know the little ones to like get a ball and it's signed and get all excited about that and I just remember not caring at all but from that, just, like, loved him as as a person, and so really wanted to see him do well. So, when I saw the trade news, is I was like, I actually have a connection with this guy in a completely random story. Um, if, if anybody's watching this, I want to hear names of anybody like this that they have, like, familiar, just, like, these random signatures or whatever that you pick up in these kinds of circumstances. I was telling you, because we were chatting a little bit about this, but I hadn't heard the full story, but there was a baseball player who played for the Cubs named Kevin Ori, whose signature I got when I was a kid. And for some reason, I like thought he had like a much more like a, like a much <laughs> better career than he ended up yeah. having. Because I, when I looked him up then that night when we were having this conversation, I looked him up. He only played in the majors for like four years and like never like a full season. Like only like I think his match did, was like a hundred games. <laughs> yeah, didn't matter to you. It didn't matter heart, to little oh, Joe yeah, Patrick. Heart, yeah, he was he was the guy who signed my autograph. He signed like a, a random hat that I was wearing. You know, just <laughs> and. uh but you know that's that's part of sports. You know that's why that's why it matters for athletes to to do that kind of stuff. You know, so I know yeah. that for them it can seem like not important because you do so. You know, you're just like signing, signing, signing. You're just doing the same thing all the whole time. But every time you sign, you know, it's like a different, a new experience for some kid or something. You know, so that's really cool, and I'm glad that you have that bond with with Steven. So I hope <laughs> yeah. I hope he does well. I hope the Braves don't like just like discard him and. Two two weeks when Travis Darno or whenever Travis Darno is able to come back, but uh, no, that's cool. That's a cool story. And you know, again, I think to kind of get serious and bring it back to the Braves a little bit, I do think that yeah, signing Stephen Vogt is 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 interesting. Um, obviously, William Contreras like needed to go back down to the minors. Uh, for you know the defense, the the defense was just kind of like got to a point where you couldn't deal with it anymore. It was holding them back. It was, yeah, and so I think that that's a, a kind of an interesting kind of side component to this trade, which is that they did opt to trade, you know, spend some capital, spend some, you know, some minor league talent, and go out and actually get a, a catcher that is, you know, has professional experience. And Steven Vogt is a guy who has, you know, quite good experience as a you know former all-star so you, you, you know, hopefully he he turns out well you never know with catchers i feel like because yeah when we have when we talk in press conferences and stuff you ask a pitcher like what do you think of lucroy oh he's he's amazing you know he's been around forever blah 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 <laughs> it's like they, they just you know will endlessly uh tout the guy and then maybe the club thinks differently and he's gone a couple weeks later so um, you never know how how these things are going to work out, but I think again, I think it's a move that signals that the Braves are trying to gear this team up so that that I mean, in the end, it is kind of patchwork together, but they want to try to patch it now with guys who they feel like are proven major league performers. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. 
Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. It's difficult to do that, Joe, when the Braves aren't winning baseball games, though, mm-hmm. as they've been back, had a three-game series against the Tampa Bay Rays, and won a single game. A, a very emphatic, impressive 9 to nothing game on Saturday, nonetheless, mm-hmm. but they won a single game, much, you know, much in part uh, because of the bullpen. Um I, I want to ask you about the bullpen when it comes to these just three specific games. Did you feel like the bullpen was mismanaged? You know, I don't. I I I never have a strong stance on on bullpen management. That's um, fair. It's just like one of my things where it's like I feel like you can always critique. Uh, you know, when a, when a guy comes in doesn't pitch well, you know, you you can. It, the the hindsight twenty the twenty twenty hindsight is is, is yeah. really easy to use. Um, that said, I will say like AJ Minter. It, well, it's hard because like, I was gonna say this. AJ Minter is a, is a pitcher right now. I have I have no confidence in, and I think that's why well, you know, the Braves clearly don't either. About said, clearly, the Braves don't <laughs> like, either. As he, he was sent often, down to yeah, yeah down to AAA. Right. Um. But like even you know he he had been on a on a bad run, and um you know so it was kind of. I was kind of crossing my fingers, you know, pretty much recently, every time he's come in, I'm kind of crossing my fingers. Um, But on the other hand, I just feel like, you know, I don't know like what option Brian Snicker has where he feels like it is a good solid like option that he's going to be able to get through the situation. So I don't, I don't know. I don't really have a strong opinion, but I don't know. What do you think? Here's my thing. And this is, I brought this up because I've just, I've seen so much of it on Braves Twitter recently of this idea of any time a bullpen pitcher or a pinch hitter for that matter, because I saw this in uh, the in the first game, you know, fr- uh, Friday night, Pablo Sandoval, I think, came in first as the first pinch hitter late in that game. And I saw Braves Twitter being like, oh, you signed Jock Peterson. Why didn't Jock Peterson come in? Jock Peterson ended up coming in later to pinch hit because they needed another option. Then I've seen it with the bullpen and, you know, whether it was Friday or whether it was Sunday and that, oh, why did you throw AJ Minter out there? Why did you throw Luke Jackson? You know, it's one, and it's one of those. I feel like it's something that every time we talk about the bullpen, it's like Snick can only throw out the guys that he has on the roster mm-hmm. and you can't overwork the same guys every night. However, however, Brian Snicker is managing this bullpen like a grandfather he's managing them like a grandfather because he's putting the bullpen in positions where he's like i know you can do it come on son i know you can do it (laughs) yeah yeah, you got it you know it's fine yeah yeah this is your shot exactly and he wants to see them succeed he he's putting Mm -hmm. some of these guys matic being one of them mentor is another another of of putting guys in positions that you're kind of like you you want to you want to play him here (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay all, all right you know and i think he's doing it because on the one hand 
I would look at it as okay, if these are if these guys aren't going to perform, we need to know it now, not towards the end of the season. Other part of that is these are our guys. Like if if they can't perform, we're not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so on the one hand, where Braves fans might be frustrated with how the bullpen was managed, I don't think they need to overreact because you saw the move of AJ Minter going down to AAA. And also, it is becoming glaringly obvious for Alex Anthopoulos that, okay, you fixed right field, you fixed backup catcher. If you're taking this thing seriously before the deadline, you're going to get this bullpen some help. If you don't, you're not really sold that this team is going to win. And I, and I don't think any other way of, like, you know, overstretching, um, you know, Will Smith or whoever else you want to put into that role isn't going to... That's just a Band-Aid. Like, I feel like Brian Sticker is ripping the Band-Aid off being like, if Mm. these guys stink, they stink. Mm -hmm. Do something about it kind of Mm -hmm. deal. Yeah. It it is very kind of reminiscent the way that, like, how glaring of an issue the bullpen is. It really is reminiscent of 2019. Like, I remember... Mm -hmm being in the press box that year and hearing boos and chants raining down like geared like literally aimed at Alex Anthopoulos to like, get bullpen help uh and when like that's coming from the nosebleeds late in the game when you know you've given up a lead like that's like not a good situation obviously whatsoever well and it feel and it does feel like we're kind of in a similar spot go ahead I was just real quickly yeah one of the guys who is struggling right now Chris Martin is a guy who they went out and got to fix the bullpen yeah, in the past. Yep, yep. And so it's like, that's one of the, the problems that I have is when people are like, well, go fix the bullpen. It's like, he did. <laughs> he, he, he did. And now these guys are guys that he paid a lot of money to and they're not performing. Yeah. And, you know, I, here's what here's my kind of here's what I think Alex Anthopoulos is thinking with this bullpen and making moves. And that is. I think they're going to try to ride it out with what they have through this kind of testing period, whatever you want mm-hmm. to call it. This kind of the, 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 this, this, what do you have? Three more series left before the trade deadline rolls around. I think that they're going to stick with these guys. And if the team can win and, or at least keep themselves in contention, like stay as close as they are to the top of the standings right now, then I think you will see them acquire bullpen arms. Because like we were talking about earlier, it is important, I think, for this team to um, to be making a run, you know, um, and keep fans coming back. So I think that they will uh, add bullpen arms if they can just stay close. But if they can't do that, then I don't think they're going to. I don't know if they would actually sell off because a sell off would signal to fans, I think, that they are kind of mailing it in essentially for the season. Uh, so I don't know if I actually see that happening, but. I don't see the arms coming until the end of this trade deadline period. And, you know, it's kind of funny, again, going back to 2019, they acquired those three guys, I think, on the same day, on, on trade deadline yeah. day. Uh, Chris Martin. Who was it? Chris Martin. Will uh, Smith. Will Smith. and Mark, Mark Melanson. Melanson. Yeah. 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 No, and no, no not, not Will Smith. It was Shane Green. That's right. Yeah. Thank you. Um, and, and it's one of those, like, yeah, and all of those deals, like, I think, I, I don't know who, you know, the arms are right now Major League Baseball that Alex Anthopoulos could cook up a similar sort of deal, but I know it's difficult when there. I mean, there's you know, it's one of those like there is bodies here, there is talent here, and they're just not performing. And that's what that's why I like I see the anger that goes towards Brian Snicker, and that's why I say like managing like a managing like the a grandfather 
is that like he's trying to put them in positions to succeed like hey if they perform here they're gonna be just fine and then when they don't it's like aj mentor you know it's it's like i don't know who's going to be next in line on the chopping block of you're just a liability these guys have to perform and so like it doesn't it doesn't matter what position you put them in what inning you put them in any of that yeah uh you know i i saw guys who were mad at at uh, before the break, Josh Tomlin coming in in kind of a um, a longer stretch because that was I think that was the night that Ian Anderson left, you know, and people are mad about that. And it's like I don't know what you want because <laughs> <laughs> you know it's like these are the guys that are here. You can't run the same two to three guys out every single night because they're going to be exhausted and they're not going to be any you know worth anything for you. So it's just, it's yeah, just, and they're, they're along for the ride. And speaking of people who have been annoyed with Snicker in the bullpen, it does annoy me when he says, you know, well, I've seen AJ do it before. You know, I've seen him be great before. I've seen Tyler Matzik. He was one of our, he was our best bullpen arm last year when the bullpen was amazing. And it frustrates me because yes, that is, that is true. No doubt. Like these guys have definitely been producers before, but you kind of have an idea, like, you know, there is such a thing as like, you know, your form or momentum or whatever you want to call it, um, which definitely plays a part. But also, I think, you know, it's kind of a, I almost hesitate to bring this up because it's kind of a tired talking point. But the sticky stuff situation, it's like ever like that really changed, I think, the way that some guys throw, you know, and and, the, and how effective some guys can be. And um and I'm not even saying that, like, you know, certain I don't know who does what to try to get a better grip on the ball. But I mean, I think it's clear when you watch games, you see pitchers struggling to grip the ball. You know, it's yeah. just that's part of it now. And spin numbers have been affected. And so, um, you know, with a guy like Tyler Matzik, you know, it's just tough to watch him have such a great 2020 season. But at some point that has to, you know, you kind of have to come to terms with what he is at this point in time and whether that's due to sticky stuff or not. Um, it is what it is, and you you got to try to figure out a better you know a better option there. And you know clearly, obviously, we've seen what's happened with AJ Minter. Um, Tyler Matz is a little bit of a different situation because I don't think he has the options. Um, I'm not sure. Yeah. I'm not positive on that. So anyway, um, I don't know. It's 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 tough, but I mean clearly, this bullpen is kind of the weak link of this team right now. Despite the the all the injuries that they've had in the offense, I still think that you know getting this bullpen nailed down would do them wonders. It's yeah, it's one of those you talked about grip too with with everything just outside of it's one of those things that Major League Baseball, I think because they were so reactive to handling the spider tack situation, that Sunday game, it was raining. You know? Yeah. <laughs> it, it, right. it rain was coming down. It was hard for guys to grip the ball. Shocker if you know there was an inning that got away from the Braves because oh, I don't know. They have absolutely nothing now that, you know, they can use besides Rosin. And now they have to be careful with Rosin because of some guys have shown you you mix Rosin with water. And because Major League Baseball umpires are only told sticky substances are, are, are foreign substances, you could get thrown out for something like that. It, yeah. it, you know, it's it's yeah. one of those... So adding all of that into this, yeah, it, it makes things really difficult. Um, makes it really difficult to evaluate bullpens. And I don't know. I I guess I 
defend Brian Snicker in that instance of saying, I've seen this guy do it before. And I, that's why I say, like, he comes across like a grandfather. He's like, he can do it. Yeah. I know he can do it. in you, Sonny. Yeah. Uh, wow, that was really, that was like insulting <laughs> Brian Snicker the way I said that. No, but it's, it, it's, it's honestly, like, it's where, it's where he is, I think, as a manager. Um, and I know, like, now it's being brought up and even David O'Brien now is on this whole, huh, the Hawks made a, made a head coach change. The Falcons have made a change. Atlanta United has now made a change. Huh. And it's like, <laughs> okay, I, I will, I will go again and say, if you honestly think any of this stuff going on right now is a manager problem, you're going to be disappointed. Yeah. yeah. Uh, if, if a change is made, but I do think a change is coming because I've said it and I'm sticking to my guns oh, on you? it. I'm sticking to my guns, Joe. I th- I think this is going to be it for Brian. I think Snit mm. is going to come to the end of this season and be like, I love you guys, but you know, <laughs> I'm going to go hang out with my grandkids because it's just it seems like it's been a lot this year. Mm-hmm. Um and now if we if we get to a point where the finger pointing has gone all the way around um and it ends up back at Snit, you know, he's kind of be like, I don't have to put up with this. Yeah. I, I, I kind of I thought that this would happen before the season, and I'm interested to kind of hear from players when the season's over, when they'll talk more about this kind of thing. But I always felt like this season was going to feel like the longest season they've ever played in their lives. Yeah. Just coming off of coming off of last year, you know, a, a 60 game season. And, you know, it's kind of funny. Uh, I don't even know when last it would. I don't think last season would have started by now. Uh, I think we the uh, when was opening day last year? Do you remember? I it think was the August. First, the first, yeah, was it August August first or like early August? Because they they first so. came to training camp on like Fourth of July. So it's kind of crazy the fact that last year the baseball season hadn't even started um, on this date. But um, uh, shoot, I forgot what I was going to say after that. But anyway, oh, so it would have been a week from now. It was it was July twenty fourth. The Braves played their first game. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's so something it, else I was going to say, but I forgot what it was. Well, but it is going to feel like an extremely long season. And I yeah. think that's that's going to add to fan bases frustration. That's going to add to team frustrations of just kind of ha- like having to work through all of the kinks that that the season has brought and not winning. Um, I, is Snit? I think it, I want to say Snit's the oldest manager right now. in Major League He's Baseball. not. No, he not? There, there's a couple of maybe. Yeah, Tony La Russa for sure. <laughs> He's what eighty four or something like that. Uh, um, it's crazy. Yeah. When I was a kid, there was like Tony La Russa baseball. I like don't think of him as that old, but he is that old. Yeah, but um, I the other one that surprised me because I remember looking this up, uh, and I think Snitz was like third on the list of oldest managers with Joe Madden. Um, oh at, yeah, at yeah, Joe Madden at one point was the oldest manager. Hmm. Uh, even That's though he, he he definitely doesn't act like it, but he he is. Um, so yeah, it's just well, I I, I want to kind of bring us back a little bit. Um, you Go know, ahead. this is going to be really interesting to see what happens here. These especially these next couple of days because the Braves are getting rained out tonight. We're recording this on Monday night. Tuesday, the schedule is for rain like all day. There's like flood watches and stuff. So. It's very, it seems very unlikely that there will be a game played tomorrow against the Padres. They, they have lined up this game to be made up on Wednesday, so a doubleheader on Wednesday. So you'll be playing seven-inning games. But, you know, this is something that's plagued the Braves all season long. They've had a, a couple of these 
um, kind of breakups in their season where they've had they've been playing teams where weather hits and they've been actually rained out like multiple days in a row. Um, so and and every time it's happened, they've said how it's it's always bad. <laughs> yeah, because uh, it kind of breaks up your rhythm and everything. And especially I think with you know new players and stuff, you want to get them playing. And I, I'm sure those guys don't want to be sitting these games, you know, just not playing. So. Um, well, it's going to be interesting then, but then like, you know, that's going to have ramifications down the line into these very key series that you have after that coming up against the Phillies and then a huge one against the Mets. I mean, that series is really going to be so big because you get three games to potentially reduce, you know, the lead or take the lead potentially um, right before the trade deadline. So it's, it's going to I think that these rainouts are, could potentially have pretty massive repercussions uh, for this Braves season and what they do at the trade deadline. Well, it's and also a thing that like Braves fans might not always think about with a rain delay, the way that it happened today was it was initially supposed to be a delay. The mm-hmm. The Braves were still out getting ready to play a game. They were going through all their normal routines to play a baseball game tonight, and then it was delayed, and then it was postponed. That's not, you know, that's one of those, it's not like they got a freebie today. They just got to hang out at their house. <laughs> right. And, yeah, and they weren't, just, they didn't have the day off. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, and it's against the Padres. Like the Padres, pretty good baseball team. Mm-hmm. So to have to go, to have to play a double header while you're trying to win baseball games, heading into the Philly series, not ideal. Not, you know, not ideal stuff. And also, I think it's, uh, I was seeing Mark Bowman was tweeting out, um, Kyle Muller gets his start pushed from tonight to tomorrow. Tuki Toussaint is going to start game one on Wednesday, and then Charlie Morton's going to start the second game. However, all of these things have now created a scenario where they're going to need a bullpen game by the weekend. Mm-hmm. So just further adding a wrench into the plans of a time when you really need to be winning games. Yeah, and uh, hopefully because you had the double header on Wednesday, those are seven inning games and you've been getting such good starting pitching lately. I mean, I mean I know Tukey's not one of those guys who we've seen as of late, but um you know, hopefully you can have starters that go long into those games and you don't have to use much of your bullpen on Wednesday. Um, only playing seven inning games. Maybe that's the the one potential silver lining, but you never know how things are going to play out. So it's you know you can't really plan too much for it. But it's certainly going to create like a really interesting wrinkle for this team uh, this week and what is a really important week. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so like we said, that kind of lays out the schedule for the next few days with uh, potentially a game on Tuesday. I hope the game happens only because I have tickets to that game. Uh, It's Ronald Acuna Jr. chain night. And I want a big number 13 chain that I can come back on batter, uh, batter up with. Oh, nice. And, uh, you know, and we're off the, we're off the chain. I, I, I'm cool with bobbleheads. I though, personally, I love the, like the individual, uh, whether it's a chain or I've got the, when the Braves did their, World Series ring replicas, like those are just incredible. Love the bobbleheads, you know. But good bobblehead night's always great. But uh, there's just something about like the individual thing that that I like a little bit more. Mm, yeah, I know. I got the uh, Aussie one. Fortunate they like hand them out in the press box, whatever. If they oh ever yeah, have those freebies. Yeah, so nice. Yeah, nice, nice little perk. Uh, anything you want to get into before we get out of here, Joe? No, I think that's it, man. It's been uh, it's been a wild. <laughs> oh. <laughs> 
just work yeah. wise. It's been <laughs> yeah, it's been a whirlwind. Unless you anything else happen in the city, I don't know. I don't. Know. It's just a you know manager oh, getting man. fired. Uh, um, and honestly, I mean, at least in my opinion, I I hope that's the only manager yeah, getting no fired in Atlanta this season. No kidding. No kidding. Um, although most of you or some of you may not agree with me, but I'm just. <laughs> I'm just telling you, you know, be careful what you ask for. Uh, but for Joe Patrick, I'm Caleb Johnson. Thanks, everybody, for listening in to Batter Up. Catch it, post it as a podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, we'll be back next week to hopefully talk about some exciting Braves news. Catch you later. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.